All right, everyone, welcome to episode number five. Um, like I said from the last episode, this is the continuation of uh, what we left off on modern day Satanism. Uh, and I hope you enjoy uh, this podcast. The next episode after this is going to be on America and the Satanic influence on America as a whole. Enjoy! And make sure to share this podcast with all of your friends and relatives and family members, whoever you want to. We need to get this truth out there. God bless you all. Let's you. move on. Uh, we only passed question number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, so let's pat, uh, go on. So what do you think fueled the corrupt? This is question number two. What do you think fueled the corrupt ideology of modern day satanism what do you think uh like just like how a, like if you pour gasoline you put a spark the whole thing goes up in flames what do you think fueled the ideology of modern day satanism hypocrisy and legalism um basically because one thing that i've noticed you know in I've actually been going into a few Satanist servers and I've been talking with people from different ones. <laughs> and I know I, I always get that weird look. Um, but uh, I usually don't stay for very long um, once they find out that I'm a Christian. <laughs> but, uh, but one thing that I found, you know, upon getting to talk to some of these people and getting to see, you know, where they're actually coming from, one thing that they all tend to have in common that they hate about Christianity was the same thing that Anton LaVey hated, which was the hypocrisy. Someone says that adultery is a sin, don't commit adultery, then here they are, they commit adultery. Or uh, someone says that, you know, oh, you'll never catch me in a bar, and yet there you see them every Friday night chugging away. And so, you know, a lot of, that turns a lot of people off. Because as we claim to be children of light, and as we claim that Christ is living in us and changing us, if we say that a change has been made, that change should be evident. Just as like if somebody said that they added a second story to their house, you should be able to see the second story. Um, that's essentially what it is. And so what has fueled it is a lot of these different um, tele-evangelists and other people who go to these different churches that don't preach the Bible as it's supposed to be preached, and they aren't working to edify each other in Christ, but rather they're just there to have the Christian name and look good. Um, those people, when when others see that the, they are not living the life that they claim is scriptural or the life they claim to live, it turns them away. And then the natural place to go is satanism because look if you're talking about how indulgence is evil and here you are you're indulging why can't i indulge hence satanism becomes so popular because that's essentially what it's there for just releasing of everything and just doing whatever you want so long as you don't hurt anybody is their claim and so for me that's one that has been one of the biggest fueling points of satanism um, and other religions that are similar to it. Yeah. I feel like um, the, the devil is the architect 
and he's the prince of the power of the air. So he's he's controlling and manipulating what he can, basically what he's allowed to, of course. And he's he's got his little mitts trying to inflame everybody to the point where their passion for sin, their passion for, you know, just self-indulgence, everything, is, it's like, uh, it's so pure that it's almost like a laser beam. Like, it's really, like, to the point where it's just going to be, that's what he wants for people anyway, for them to just have everything these perfect conditions for that to grow to where he can take hold almost to the point where he controls them because all they do is care about themselves and their own gain and their own sin and it's it's not a hap a process that happens overnight it's almost like a serial killer is made it's just more and more and then finally because more and more precise and they become more and more wicked and that basically they're leading out the wrong plan for their life and what the enemy wants for them. And they become enemies of the gospel to the point where they're like militant and they become a Satanist because it just embodies what they are and they find their click and anything that you don't, anything that's not based on the Bible and the truth of the Lord is, is of Satan. So even like yoga, like you're, yoga invading the church you know come there's one down there the road down for me one world church you know yoga is offered and all this craziness and it's just it it's it tries to take a hold it's very deceptive you got to stamp it out and it's all about the satanism like this existed in the past but it was more of kind of like an esoteric search for knowledge and like dead contact with loved ones. That's what I feel like more. Now it's more, more indulgence of sin. Um, and it's become more about what you can get, what power you can gain. Like a lot of satanic cults, the more you can hurt a person, the more magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, magic you can summon, you know, the more innocent the person is. It's It's all so selfish and it's all... It's all them and and also becomes they have a chip on their shoulder and they hate life. And it's just this whole like a psychiatrist. It, too bad that they're not Bible based, a lot of them, because if that profession was Bible based, it could actually help people and deliver from evil spirits and everything. But they can just tell you how these people are made, but not why. But it's it's the demonic influence and working through the parents sometimes even to damage the child so that it'll be that's in turn be a, vi a victimizer and um the devil's really trying to get people to to think that god is not good and he's not on your side and that's what a lot of it is to blame god you know why why should you care if the child's aborted it's just going to have a lousy life and there's too many people on earth when when the truth the bible says the God were made in the image of God and children are a blessing. And you know, that um, the world isn't going to pass away until he says so, you know, it's everything that Satanism says attacks the truth of God. And um, even saying that apes are, are humans or uh, uh, we came from apes and we're not 
made in the image of God. That's an attack on God. Just never ending with the with the the um, yeah, it just leads you into selfishness and and, and nihilism and, and just despondent and nothing really matters and I hate my parents, you know, and and then yeah, I've done a lot of kind of just research on like people's lives and read the newspaper a lot and I can just see a very common thread in, in Satanism and in ruining people's lives and, and um, undiagnosed mental illness being satanic strongholds. And you'll see it in big cities too. Like I, 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 I kind of try and put it on my sleeve that I'm a Christian to the, and, and so it, you kind of tend to get more um, people, you know, do, do you trust Jesus? Like they'll ask you that and all kinds of stuff or so that gives you a chance to talk to people and say satanic people that, that believe in that they, a lot of times they haven't come across many good Christian encounters and they've just read Stephen King books and stuff where every time a Christian is a lunatic and, you know, untrustworthy. And the devil also wants to hide good Christians for people. So it's good that we're getting out there. People are getting out there even more and more and more. And just showing that they truly care about people and not just condemning their lifestyle. But we have all, we're all sinners and we've all come from a past. And like um, every day, if, you pick up your cross and follow the Lord because you can fall back into sin. And, and then, you know, you've got shame and then the whole spiral you can go through if you don't pull yourself out of it real quick and being accountable to people is important. So you can ask for help and people to pray for you. And Satanism is coming for the young. Unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with the internet and, it's just um, it's it's easier for kids to hide stuff behind their parents' back. It's I I run across a lot of people who believe in that kind of stuff because I go to like Billy Eilish videos, you know, and try and witness to people and whatever. There, so it's become kind of like hot topic, trendy to be a Satanist now. So it's it's very disturbing. And I can only hope and pray, of course, that people take it seriously and, and look at both sides of it and that um, it's not just all a uh, joke and there's consequences and people do have a, a spirit and a soul, uh, excuse me, a spirit and heaven or hell is real and Jesus loves you. <laughs> Amen. And I know there's a different like spirit and soul. I there's a differentiation there, and I don't quite know a little perfectly, so I kind of. Yeah, same. Usually, like, when I go evangelizing, you know, we our job isn't to focus on trying to explain what the difference is between a person's spirit or soul. The goal is to bring them to Christ, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah, plant the seed. And it's, it's like the story. And one last thing I, I've got to throw in there real quick. It's like the parable of the sower. It's like the, the seed falls on rocky ground. It's like the Satanist and that kind of lifestyle is the one creating that rocky ground, trying to destroy the seed before it can take uh, root. Is that 
that wicked um, idolatry, basically. Is, is a, Romans 1, you know, it, that's read that whole list of what comes from idolatry, and it's it's pretty horrible stuff, man. And it it'll sneak in there. It'll sneak in there in a church. It'll sneak in. You got to pray about it and expose it. <laughs> Indeed. Amen. I have a third question now. Um, why do you think today's society embraces indulgence and perverseness over the truth of the Word of God? I mean, quite frankly, if you answer, to answer that question, I mean, it's because of the fallen, fallen mankind, and, uh, you know, we're all fallen, and uh, we tend to fall into sin quite easily, more easily than falling in line with the Word of God. Uh, it's more of a struggle to be in line with the Word of God. Um, but there's a lot of factors that I would like to mention uh, as society because of the fact that society is embracing indulgence and perverseness, which are the two main uh, key uh, factors in modern-day Satanism. And uh, I'll let uh, Isaac and Dave finish uh like their response first before I give my thoughts. So, got, oh, okay, sorry, go I'll ahead. just find out. Mine is really short. I'm going to say it's about the broad way, you know, like the broad way to heaven and hell. And basically, it's just like um, your, your flesh that you have wants to be on that broad way. Yeah. Indeed. And you know, like, like what Brother Dave was saying earlier about the soil. You know, our hearts are cultivated, and in order for the gospel to take root, you need to cultivate the heart to be able to receive it. And so like he was saying, you know, when Jesus gave that parable, there were four types of soil. There was the main road, where when the gospel was thrown in the main road, the devil came and took it away, like the birds of the air took the seed. Then there's the soil that was infected with weeds, and as the seed grew, the weeds choked it out, and that's the pleasures and sins of the world as we go through it you know our desires will overcome and overpower the gospel and choke it out before it can take root and there's the rocky soil which is the third one where someone becomes a christian it takes root but then when the heat of the sun comes or persecution or something like that it withers and dies because it's not strong enough to withstand the pressure it's under and then the fourth one is the good soil where it's cleared of all the rocks and the weeds and it's out of the way so it won't be trampled on or taken by the birds. And it has an opportunity to take root and grow strong, even in the midst of unbearable heat. So that's the first thing. Um, that's the first thing we need to understand when it comes to embracing something. What is the conditions of our heart towards whatever seed is being planted? Because believe it or not, the devil also plants seeds. And is our heart going to be receptive to his, or will it be, or will the word of God be the weeds, so to speak, to choke out the devil's seeds? That's number one. And number two, it's funny that this came up, because I was actually, I had just read a book by Ravi Zacharias called Sense and Sensuality. Um, and essentially, it's a converse, it's a fictitious conversation between Oscar Wilde, Jesus, and Blaise Pascal. And the topic is indulgence. 
uh, believe it or not. And Oscar Wilde, um, for those who may not know who he is, he was an artist and an author, a poet, um, who was known for his sensual lifestyle and his life of indulging in whatever pleasure, any pleasure that man could have, Oscar indulged in to the maximum, without limits. And for those who don't know who Blaise Pascal was, he was a scientist who became a Christian after his scientific endeavors. He is known for discovering mercury and inventing the first calculator. Um, brilliant mathematician and scientist who, upon the discoveries of these things, eventually became a Christian and was and wrote one of the first books that we Christians would consider an apologetic, which is a defense for Christianity. He's one of the first apologists. And so in the book, there's Oscar Wilde has a conversation with Jesus and Blaise Pascal on the topic of indulgence. And one of the things that really struck me in the book was in the book, Jesus, in answering one of Oscar's questions, he gave an analogy. When a man goes to bed thirsty he, and has a dream of gushing waters and he's, you know, drinking from these gushing waters and his thirst is quenched in his mind. When he wakes up, he will realize it was all just a dream and that in reality he is still thirsty. Same thing with the man who goes to bed hungry. If he were to have dreams, you know, where he was eating everything he could imagine, when he wakes up, he will still find that he is still just as hungry as when he went to bed. In the same way, indulgence is like a dream. We can indulge in it. We can have whatever we want. But in the end, when we come out off of that dopamine or emotional high, we realize that we were just as destitute as when we had first entered. And that is, you know, when it comes to bringing people to Christ— and when it comes to leaving Satanism or anything like that, the first thing that has to happen is that someone has to come to the end of themselves and realize that they, in reality, are naked and destitute and that they don't have as much as they are convinced that they have. Um, and that's the same with everything. Um, and so when it comes to witnessing to a Satanist, they're not going to be receptive to the gospel until they realize or they come to the realization that indulgence isn't going to cure their thirst or hunger for that something more. And so that, you know, when it comes to us Christians and how we handle these topics and how we engage them, that is something that we all have to keep in mind, that until they come to that conclusion, they will not be accepting um, of any other conclusion. Yes, um, that that is actually a very good response. Um, now, what I would like to add in is, you know, actually, I don't have to want. I don't want to go on that too much. I might get a bit too judgmental and picky. Um, <laughs> you know, God, God, still keep your Christian testimony. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, okay, this will be a better one. So, our fourth question is, we got a total of six questions. Our fourth question is, do you think that even Christians are absorbed 
into modern day Satanism? If so, why? Why do you think so? If you think they are being absorbed, uh, please just state why you think they're being absorbed. You want to go first, Brother Dave? Sure. I think um, it's crept in kind of slow, but now it's fast and it's moving faster to the point where it's like the social justice warrior gospel church. And it's it's really um, in, invasive. It, it started first, kind of flowed down from the Catholic church, and then... Oh, what is it? Um, I hate to I hate to speak out of school, but I think it's Anglican. It's like a little offshoot from Catholic, and they were the first to have um, women who could be pastors, and they were the first who would marry a gay couple. It's just what? like, and then and then slowly it 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 started to kind of leak into more mainstream to the point where Methodist was doing it. Then like, in yeah, I know what you mean. I don't want to say anything out of school either. Um, it becomes real touchy when I think the music, when it starts to become mm-hmm. more about the music display, you know, and like the worship leader and like the whole kind of vibe up there. And the, especially if they start to get like lasers and kind of like... In my, I'm kind of fundamentalist, but I think even when you get a set of drums in, in a church, it kind of setting it up for that church to kind of move in the direction of being more of a trendy type church. Mm-hmm. Um, men start, yeah, isn't it crazy? And men start to dress less masculine all of a sudden. Like you'll see like more pinks and club jeans and like the women are dressing like more loosely you know maybe if they bent down to pick something up you'd have to look away or something and it starts like this whole spirit creeps in man and and then like why it got to the point where i was a teenager and i was going to a charismatic church called the vineyard and it's pretty permissible like a lot of just kind of like what whatever's whatever's clever for that day you know no real structure by any means and um it got to the point where there was a a band that was really popular rock and roll worship circus would come through Uh, everybody was excited but me and i was still looking like i was still a skateboarder you know like kind of i guess you'd say cool kid or whatever but i i to think that i could I, i felt very alone in the fact where like to bring rock to straight up rock and roll worships Anyway, that it didn't offend people started to freak me out, and I was talking to people, and I just couldn't. It's something about music, and when it becomes worldly, it happens fast, and that happens fast too. Like it becomes degenerate kind of fast. Like I was listening to Air One the other day, I was like taking a shower or something, played the stereo, and it's just didn't mention Jesus once, and it's like. I, I can't get enough of you just like I and it just totally like you know it's almost like it could just be speaking about like a a woman man relationship and it just the, Satan wants to come in and, and through music in the church I've seen it get less about God and more worldly 
yes. something about <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and it's that's a big one, and also yoga, like not, but at the same time, sometimes I think they may be a little innocent because a lot of people don't know that yoga is literally witchcraft, and like Aleister Crowley wrote the book, and so mm-hmm. I think if I I could explain it to them and. I need to take some time out of my day to talk to the pastor. But to tell you the truth, when you're dealing with with those kind of heretic apostate churches, they can be litigious and, like, call you a stalker. Or, like, so I'm trying to get, like, a group of a few people together and, like, I'm going to talk to the pastor and see what they say. And But, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy when it gets to the point where the church is, like, against the real church. And it's like, you got to watch out, man, because these people not watch out like scary but like i said you got to like wear a body camera like because they can lie about you like standing outside there with a sign you know that they didn't like i just don't trust yeah that when when the church is like that i I don't trust them period it's i feel like they lie they do anything and it's it's sad when that happens one of the oddest things that happened to me is i went to a church that um it just kept getting weirder and weirder more about the pastor and his kind of his ego. And it was here here in central Oregon. I won't say which one, but by the end of it, he actually had bodyguards and you couldn't approach him after church. Like it without his bodyguard in his suit, like keeping you away from him. And it's just like, so it can happen a lot of weird ways. Pride can sneak in and the church isn't there nowadays. It's like a, a 24 hour fitness or something took over. And then after he left, then uh, it was a woman kind of taking over. And it's, just, but yeah, when it when it falls, it goes kind of fast. So maybe that's a blessing, you know. Maybe and they're just a better church could take its place. But yeah, it, it's definitely an attack on church. Yeah, and and, and another thing, the don't judge. But it, it, you don't if you don't have the plank in your eye, you can judge because you have righteous judgment. It's the newest thing too. You can't can't judge you can't talk you can't do anything and it's just frustrating like uh, one last thing i gotta say real quick is in the book of isaiah chapter 58 mm-hmm. and that's a book uh, that's a verse i like when people are just trying to tell you to shut up you know <laughs> no, don't say anything cry aloud spare not lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression in the house of jacob their sins <laughs> and i like that and i I try not to to ever be too hard on a church, and you got to do everything in order. Hopefully, you approach the the leader of the church, and if they're not having anything to do with it, you can come out with some protest signs and stuff. I see nothing wrong with that, and yeah, people should know. Leave them a Google review, leave them a Yelp review, and maybe point them to a different church that is more Bible based. Mm-hmm. Go outside um, after the church is over and hand out literature and ask them if they know what it's like to be saved and what it means to be saved like the good to take them through the good old ray comfort you know thing it's good man i got a big old i don't want to spend the time right now but it would take a minute but i got this huge kind of calling the church to repentance thing and about abortion and and asking for their help and it's like yeah it's definitely a ministry to the church and it's very sensitive one but yeah the church itself needs a ministry for people to come and edify and also sometimes you know say things could be better and use the word of the lord 
maybe sometimes these people I've I've come across people who run a church and haven't read certain verses though they won't act like they recognize it you know and mm-hmm. <laughs> go yeah. figure yeah it's nice I to mean, carry a concordance too like a paper concordance if you don't have one on your phone like I have one it's kind of like about the size of a hardcover book but those are good too because you can get I find a specific word in a Bible verse and find it really fast that way. Because you can do, um, like, say, like, faith or something, and you can look in your concordance and have all the verses on faith, short description of the verse, and you can find it real fast. And that's pretty good so you don't get hung up on um, when you talk to people. And you can use the Word of God. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. I would would have to agree with you on the fact that uh, many Christians are absorbed into modern-day Satan. And there are three overt things that I would um, that I would point out specifically as to why. Um, number one would be, like you said, the abortion thing. Um, churches, a lot of churches have tried to, in the name of women's rights, allow the legalization of killing babies. Um, but what they don't realize is that even if the baby is female. Um, does that female baby have a right as her mother has that same right? Um, and it's it's very hypocritical in many aspects because the truth is, you know, if you ask them when the baby, when does a fetus actually become a living person, there is never a general consensus on it. And because there isn't a general consensus on it, it's left up to the interpretation of whoever, whenever, however. So for me personally, as a Bible-believing Christian, when the Scripture says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, and when it says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, there is no mistake pregnancy. It may be unexpected, but it's not a mistake. Um, And so to deprive someone or or to try and prevent what God has created from coming to fruition is to go against God. And that's essentially what abortion is. If God fearfully and wonderfully made a child to prevent its development, even before you may consider it a child, is in essence still going up against God as his intention, as the process will go along, is for that child to become an adult, unless something happens where the child is prohibited from it. So that's number one. Number two would be the embracing of sexual immorality. There are many churches who are allowing not only just homosexual marriages, but they're also allowing adultery. They don't speak against it. They don't speak against fornication, which is, for those who may not know what fornication is, it is sexual relations outside of marriage. So in other words, if you're having sex with someone and neither of you are married, that is fornication, whether you were married before or whether you were never married. And the scripture says that that is a sin. In fact, when Jesus said, when he was giving the grounds for divorce in Matthew, I believe it was, when the Pharisee asked him, what is the proper grounds for divorce? Or when can a man put away his wife? And Jesus's response was, unless it be because of fornication, one shouldn't put away their spouse. 
And so that's very interesting, the word to use. You know, it's not that marriage should be thrown away for adultery. He didn't say, or if your spouse is abusive, he specifically said, if fornication, if they had sexual relations with someone who wasn't married or before they married you. And so that is how serious that sin is, but yet the church stays silent on it. They don't tell someone in loving kindness, hey, you know, the Lord doesn't approve of that. You should probably get that right with God, you know? They don't say anything about it. And then, so that's number two. So first one was abortion. Second was sexual immorality being upheld. And the third one is social justice, which actually is a Marxist rudiment. Um, Marx talked a lot about social justice in the sense that social justice is talked about today. And considering that a lot of Satanism is based on Karl Marx's works, um, it only makes sense that social justice is also upheld by a lot of Satanism simply because of its roots. And as Christians, in fact, um, fun fact, the Southern Baptist Convention has now adopted teaching social justice in their hermeneutics classes. So when you go to take a class on how to interpret the Bible, they're also going to incorporate social justice and social justice reform in those classes, which is a sheer sign of where we're heading, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, I feel like shying away from that myself, but it's, it's something that needs to be spoken up about. Because although the Bible scripture does offer a layout for how justice is to be conducted and how um, it is and how God is a God of justice. One thing we had to take into consideration as well is that although all men are created equal in the eyes of God, that all men are equally sinners and all men are equally capable of coming to Christ and repenting of their sin. When it comes to endorsing social justice reform and a lot of the things that go along with it when it comes to overthrowing leadership when you don't agree with them, because technically leadership was appointed by God. Um, and when Jesus was talking to Pilate, Pilate said, do you not know that I have the authority to, to kill you or to allow them to kill you and to allow you to be um, crucified like a common criminal? Jesus's response was, you would have no power except it were given to you from God above. God appoints, even, even David recognized this, when Saul was a tyrannous king or when Saul was trying to kill him, he told, David told his men to not harm Saul because he was God's appointed, despite the fact that God had left Saul and that David was the new anointed king of Israel, he still re recognized that all authority is given by God. And as Christians, we are to respect that authority. What a lot of social justice reform does is it tries to undermine that authority and overthrow it, which as Christians is very much unbiblical. It is our duty to follow the scriptures and it's our duty to show the love of Christ, regardless of whether or not you like the person in charge. And even in First Peter, I believe it was, it says that even if you are under a forward king or a tyrannous king, you are still to obey him so long as he isn't telling you to go against the, the laws that God has made, as long as he's not telling you to abandon God and worship something else. 
And so as Christians, social justice, you know, that is another, mm-hmm. as a Christian, upholding social justice is upholding the same roots that Satanism is grounded in. And it also goes against scripture as all government and all forms of authority is given by God. And if we do not like that authority or if we do not agree with it, um, my suggestion would be to talk to God about it. Show him, ask him to show you why he appointed that person as leader. Ask him to guide that leader so that that leader would follow after the scripture and that God would prick his heart and steer him in the paths of righteousness. Or, if none of the other two are possible, that God would raise up another leader who will truly follow after him. It's not our duty to play God by picking the authority. It's our duty to follow after Christ and point others to Christ and to follow after our government and our leadership so long as they do not contradict us following after God. And so those are the three big points that I've seen when it comes to Christianity embracing modern-day Satanism and the modern-day Satanism being absorbed into Christianity. So, I mean, that's that's just my two cents on it. Yeah. Right on. Very much. That is very, very spot on. And something I'd like to add in is, oh, okay, my mic is too loud. Okay. Something I'd like to add in. Something I'd like to add in is, um, you know, movies, music, culture. Smashed into one, affects the brain. So when we take, when as a young child, so I'm gonna use an example. Uh, I'm gonna be speaking from the perspective of a young Christian child. So. From when you're young, obviously your parents will teach you about this. So, get in the frame. We'll teach you about this, the, the Holy Word of God. It'll, it'll, they'll teach you about all the stories in the Word of God. They'll, they'll, teach you, <laughs> they'll teach you all the stories in the Word of God. And they'll teach you everything about it. And, then, and, then, and something I see very common is um, the, the depth of... Of sin is not covered and this is one of the main causes why I personally believe that people are not truly understanding the the, the what Christ means when he says separate yourself from the world because if now by stories you know okay well uh, I mean you know Jesus died on a cross and I know this, and um, you know uh, all this happened in such and such order. But if you don't really understand the core concept of sin and the depth of sin, you cannot understand why Jesus died on a cross. And you, and if you cannot understand that concept, you cannot understand this. You cannot. You cannot understand this. Which is why I personally feel that many Christians who are not well deeper and we'll be going more into this in episode six is it's because of that lack of understanding and this can be easily resolved if if you know you go learn the Bible and uh, speak and get counsel from elderly people uh, because in Proverbs it says those of you who 
uh, heed the words of the wise, they will become uh, godly young men. Uh, so, you know, this also applies for women. You learn from elder people, and they will teach you about the, the ways of God and the truths of the Word of God if you're not already getting that. And, you know, something that I see very, that, that burdens my heart is how, you know, as, as Christians, you know, we tend to condemn a lot of people. We, we ourselves purposely and accidentally, accidentally in the sense meaning, uh, you know, you're just trying to make a point, uh, but you get really emotional and then you start spitting out names and start condemning a bunch of people. And this is out of an emotional response. So uh, in a way, people turning away from the truth is part of our problems as well, which is why it is completely wrong when someone says that they they have learned and they have followed and are following everything what the Word of God has to say because we are all fallen people. If we, if we followed every single thing of what this book had to say, we would be like God because <laughs> the, the, there's no doubt about it. We would be exactly like that if we followed every, if we took to heart, and I don't mean taking it out of context. I mean, if we took every single thing to heart and followed the attitudes uh, the dealings with people, um, uh, like scenarios, practical application, we would essentially be like God if we took everything to heart and didn't mix up things with the context. So, um, you know, that's just something like the concept of sin is very often underplayed, very often watered down. And that, that's something that's something we're definitely going to be going in depth about episode six, which is why I'm not going to go too much in depth. I just wanted to bring this up because that is one of the main reasons why many people are falling into the line of the world or saying, hey, look, um, I like Joseph's stories. I like the story of David. Oh, Halloween. I'm going to get my best costume on. And, you know, you're trying to bring... It's like two separate entities. You're trying to bring the entity of God and His holiness and His sovereignty. And you're trying to bring in the entity of the world and you're trying to mix the two entities together. And the two entities essentially don't mix together because God... The, the, the darkness and the light don't mix together. If you're in the dark, you're in the dark. If you're in the light, if you bring light to the darkness, it makes the darkness go away, essentially. It, it negates... Uh, it negates the the darkness. So you cannot mix darkness and light, which is exactly the same thing with the Word of God. You cannot mix the Word of God, which represents the truth or the light, with the darkness of the world. Because the, truthness, the truth of the Word of God is obviously going to go ahead and negate the world, which is why we see this is something I'd like to mention. I'm going to make a brief mention right now, but I'll go very in-depth in this episode 6. Close-mindedness and open-mindedness. That's, that's pretty much it. Like, this book, the Bible, teaches open-mindedness. Open-mindedness, true wisdom, is key for every Christian. The world doesn't want you to be open-minded. It wants you to shut your eyes away from the truth. It wants you to turn away from the truth. But today, we ask you to read your Bible, please. To follow Jesus today. Because you no longer need 
to believe in the lies of the world. You just need to believe Jesus and believe what he has written for each and every one of his children right here in the pages. These are his very own words. We need not go anywhere else for our answers. We need not go searching for our answers. We need not go find our own sense of morality. We not, need not go anywhere else. Everything is right here. It is when we go by ourselves and try to find the answers for things that we end up lost or in a dead end, surrounded by the devil trying to tempt us into all sorts of things. But it is with the help of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we are able to overcome everything and that we are able to end up in the truth. So prayerfully and humbly, I request all of Christians who are watching this, if you currently are touched by what you have been hearing so far, please continue to read your Bible, pray, and we will always also pray for every one of our viewers who are watching this. We pray that you have been blessed by this episode and we pray that God has touched you. And for those who are not saved, I pray that you may become saved today and that you may believe in the truth. Because what you're living in right now, it's a lie. You know, you will never find the answers. This is the answer for you. And I thank you for watching this episode. God bless you all. We will see you in the next episode, which is talking more about bringing in satanism into america and how that has actually affected america as a whole thank you again everyone god bless see you next time thank you.